We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. On our show we like to talk th- about things related to pop culture. And not so pop culture. This week, um, we're going to talk about pretty pop culture stuff, I think. I don't think yeah. we're getting too weird on this. Uh, well, it gets well, weird. Well, it gets weird, but it's a popular sort of weird. We're going to touch on a couple things early in the episode that... I would argue at least one of the things I'm going to mention is pretty weird. Okay. And when I get there, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, great. That'll be an exciting thing for me to look forward to. Allie already knows what I'm talking about. She doesn't know she knows what I'm talking about, but oh. she knows. Oh, Hi, fun. Allie. Hi, Hi Allie. Um, cool. But before we get into that, um, so last week, <laughs> the, new, new, the news moves really fast, you guys. Um, sure does. We recorded something. Actually, we recorded it twice because of stuff. About Patreon and their right. their whole thing, which they then listened to user feedback and canceled their dumb fee crap. Yeah. So we had like a 10-minute section of our intro last week that we recorded, and then I cut it during editing Thursday night. Right. Because it was no longer relevant. Right. Exactly. Um, There was one part that I wanted to sort of say have said even if it's not in the context of of patreon well not in the context of the patreon fees right basically the idea that we want to make sure that is clear is we interact with i would say 99 percent of our patrons on a regular basis yes um and the rest on a semi-regular basis we have not reached a level where where we have a bunch of patrons that we don't like they they're just sort of a teeming mass of people. Right. That, that's sort of like a 2018 thing. Right. We feel like we know all of you personally. Yeah. We want to make sure that no one stays a patron longer than they feel comfortable staying a patron out of some sort of sense of duty or hurting our feelings or 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 having some sort of awkward interaction later after that happens right yeah if any yeah. if at any point like you know i mean we we get it we yeah. love and appreciate every bit that you guys support us financially and not financially if at any point it is no longer feasible for you to support us financially don't feel bad about that yeah. don't feel like you know oh but i've become friends with them what if they're mad at me because we're not going to be mad at no. you if you're still if you still like us but Right now, it's sort of tough on your wallet or whatever to still do the Patreon. That is totally, totally fine. Yeah. We are totally chill with that. Yeah. Um, still interact with, uh, with us on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever. Um, or just keep listening to the podcast, and, and, that, and that's fine, too. We, mm-hmm. we love any interaction or, or, or joy that we can bring to you, regardless of what it is. Um, the Patreon is a nice sort of bonus. Yeah. And kind of a nice extra little thing. And, like, I love... We'll get into this, but, like, I had fun writing my next month's recommendations. Like, I have fun doing stuff for the Patreon. Yes, I do, too. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah, I really enjoy the recommendations. I love deciding which thing we're going to give away. Yeah. But... Yeah. It's... I mean, honestly, that's just, like, an extra bonus thing that we get to do. And... Yeah. Like... Yeah. Basically, don't feel bad if you have to pull out of Patreon at any point. Yeah. We still love you as long as you still love us. And that extends to like Secret Sadie stuff. Yeah, exactly. If if there's something that you don't feel comfortable participating in, participation is never mandatory for anything that we do. Um, we'll, We'll play a game next month too. Yeah. Like you're always, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you um, want to tell me about some media you've consumed lately? Yeah, so we... Consumed. Uh, consumed. 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 Um, yeah, I wanted to, to do this episode. I'm still sort of feeling that, that PodCon feeling. Yeah. Um. So I I was thought, singing All Star the other day. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And then I started singing Sweet Caroline, and that was good, too. Uh, Roman Mars has been liking a lot of my posts that I tag him in. Okay. Like... I think we're like good friends now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Yeah. Three Twitter likes means that you're basically <laughs> best friends and 
like you're invited to his kid's high school graduation party. I guess I guess just to go back to that thing from before, Roman, if I tag you, if I mention you in a Twitter tweet, um, you don't have to, one, call it a Twitter tweet, or two, <laughs> um, you don't have to like it just because it's out of a sense, sort of sense of obligation to me. So that's that's just my personal message to Roman Mars. Okay. Um, yeah, so what I thought... Um, I, however, will appreciate all likes and you do have to do it out of a sense of often no you don't oh my. i'm kidding i'm kidding roman roman knows i'm messing with him yeah this has been our segment talking to roman <laughs> i feel like it needs a better name than that roman about town our best friend roman mars our close personal best friend roman mars yes that that's a, that's with a whom, better title with whom we are best friends forever we'll figure out some sort of forever I had one more thing. <laughs> you had I a thought to... and I broke it. Um, so, yeah. Pod... I'm still, yeah. So, basically, what I wanted to do this week was sort of continue the thoughts about PodCon and talk a little bit about the things that we did on the flights to and from Seattle. Sure. Um, because we consumed some media. And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the things. And then we're going to sort of do a deep dive on one of the things. That's yes. The because it was the thing that we both consumed right and then the thing we sort of were like i guess we'll do this week's episode on this uh on the flight out the first thing i did was i finished an episode of the mist which is a uh, an adaptation of a stephen king novella uh which is in the uh the collection skeleton crew which i read last summer summer 2016 um and it's made by netflix it's Real dark. Do you want to give us a plot synopsis? Sure. I have no idea. I'm assuming it's about some fog. Well, yes, it's a and mist. And the fog is probably actually an alien. Uh, the it's hard to tell. I forget if it was resolved in the in the novella. Um, so far I'm seven episodes of ten in. Six. I think I'm on the seventh episode of ten now, and we still are sort of trying to figure out what this stuff is. So basically, the plot is. Um, there's a, a town in Maine. Actually, they might be in California. No. They're probably in Maine. It's probably in Maine. I think they're in California. Probably just in the show, though, right? In the show, they're in California. Yeah, oh yeah. In, no, in the, in the novella, they're definitely in Maine. Okay. Um, it, I think it, I think it might be Augusta. I think they might be an, an actual Maine. Anyways, someone correct me on that. Um, but all these people are living their lives and having issues and whatever, and all of a sudden, this mist comes out of nowhere, and you can't see through it. It's you know thick as pea soup, and also there are like huge monsters and dinosaurs and gigantic bugs and stuff in it. Cool. So they start. So people are like, "Oh, let me go out in this mist." Oh God, Billy! And you know, people are coming back. Like you know, body bodies are falling and cars are crashing and stuff. So in the novella, they wind up the narrator and his. I feel like it was a son in the novella. Okay. Uh, wind up in a convenience store, like a kind of like a grocery store. Okay. Um, and they're locked in there with a bunch of people. In this, and and in the novella, the wife is at home and is sort of just like a casualty and kind of a like a MacGuffin, like okay. Um, sort of the thing to get back to. Okay. Um, but in this, the wife is a separate character, and she's at the mall with the daughter, while the husband is at. Uh, as a, a, a jail and a church separately so okay they sort of expanded the universe a little bit i mean the mall is still like all the same stuff from the grocery store is happening in the mall like they're okay. sort of using stuff from the stores to whatever and all this stuff and okay and they're, they've expanded some stuff because you know it's a 10 episode you know series so there's some backstory about was this person raped by this other person and or is this other guy lying about it and whatever so that wasn't in the novella they made the wife into the primary like then has the wife taken over like the narrator no Do- it's both it's okay. like the, the husband it, is still yeah an important primary it, character but also the wife is it's sort of it reminds me very much of lost if lost didn't take place on an island okay but in a way, the mist has sort of made islands out of these two or three locations, right? Um, and like all, and there's like there's someone that's like you know there's a, a a beautiful woman who's a criminal, and like 
a lot of tropes of like large ensemble cast dramas. Okay. Um, you know, a, a troubled teen, etc. So it's good. It's super violent and super dark. So I finished that on the on the first flight out. Okay. And from there, I had to uh, really change things up and and watch another show I've been watching on Netflix. Uh, we did the. Well, I did largely that my Netflix downloads so I could watch stuff offline, right. which was cool. It's a great feature. Yes. Um, I switched over to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, you did. Um, which is a show that uh, my friend Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. And my wife, Kristen. My wife. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Um, I have been saying that I would love from the from the start of it, like three years ago. And Spoiler alert, they were right. Yeah. Yeah. The way I've just been describing it to people is no one wow, this is weird. I don't think anyone any listener who don't who didn't know me when when we were watching Glee mm-hmm. uh knew of my love for Heather is the name of the actress um Brittany. Brittany. Um so there was a character named Brittany who had like the writing on Glee was often really, really, really bad. Except for Britney's characters' lines, which were always, like, super on point and really funny. Yes, and anybody reacting to Britney's character. Yeah. It was like Britney had her own writer. Right. Who also wrote any reactions to her. Exactly. Yeah, I, I actually... It, it, it reached a point where I was certain that that was the case. That yeah. there was someone... There was a dedicated Britney writer. Right. And Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is not made by anyone who did Glee. But it is as if they stole the Britney writer from Glee... And put it on, put them on a show on their own. Like okay. there's the same sort of like, that's really dumb, but really, really funny. Like, like it's a the, you know time bomb jokes. Like of like, oh that doesn't make it. Oh, I see that okay. that sort of thing. Um, it's created by Rachel Bloom and her writing partner, whose name is escaping me. Um, and she was a musical theater major, so there's an element of it that is they break into song on the show um and it has all the tropes that i love of realistic shows that that funnily poke that funnily do musical showstoppers okay which is that there will be a character that's like wait what what is going on right um but it's funny because it changes character because sometimes like the main character is singing and sometimes someone else is singing and she's the one that's like what what do you mean that's that's a crazy thing to say. So, huh? Um, I would have figured that she would be the consistently musical one, and the people around her, like who reacts to her, would change. But she would never be the one who's like, "Why are you singing, you weirdo?" Um, so far, I think. Let me think. I can't think of a character who hasn't had a song, and I am halfway through the first season. Okay. Um. So she moved. Basically, the story is she's a. A high-powered lawyer. Think Veronica Mars if she hadn't gone back to Neptune. Like, okay, one more step of that. So, um, she's about to be made partner, and she's just really, really sad. Then, because like her life is going nowhere. Oh, okay. I was like sad about making partner, or no? Like she basically her mom has steered her towards this very successful career and little else in terms of relationships or whatever. Then she runs into. A guy she, I think, lost her virginity to at camp. Okay. Named Josh Chan. And um, then he says, she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're in New York. He's like, yeah, I'm moving back to where I'm from in California. So then a couple of scenes go by, and she decides she is also going to move to his hometown in California. Oh. Kind of in a felicity way, but it's like self-aware that it's an insane thing to do. Okay. Um. And she keeps being like, no, 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 it's not because, like, even in the theme song, it's like, she moved to West Covina, it's not, no, it, there are other things here for me. So she gets a job at, like, this, like, kind of scuzzy law firm, where okay. everyone is sort of, like, whatever, and and that's where we go, and it's really good. It's okay. really well written and, and very, very compelling and enjoyable. Okay. Um, I like... Musical comedy, though, like I like yeah. sitcoms that have a musical element to them. So if you don't, it may not be for you. And see, that's why I haven't watched it yet because yeah. I can't. I need to watch it to decide. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm fine with that. Like I found it delightful in the movie Enchanted. 
Yes, and it's very similar to that. But in general, I'm not big on musicals. Well, that, and like that's, musical theater yeah. doesn't typically compel me. Right. But when it does, it really does. Right. This goes into all sorts of different genres. It's not just... There, there are some like, this is how Broadway does musical stuff. Right. But there's also like... The, she does a. I just watched a Thanksgiving episode where she does a rap song about how, um, how great she is at impressing parents. Okay. Um, that goes like a step or two too far in sort of a hilarious way. Um, but so yeah, I mean, like when I saw the preview for it, what turned me off was the preview. Like, was one of the numbers, and I was like, "What is this? Like, I don't. I'm not in. I don't want." There is because I didn't realize it was like a musical right. thing. I thought that how they were doing their preview was just through a song. And I was oh, like, that's okay. weird. I should, which is a dumb thing to think. Like it's a, it's a stupid well, no. assumption to make. Because why would you? That's not how pitches work. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That is not typically how pitches work. Hey, we should make our our elevator pitch for next podcon into a musical number. <laughs> so, what's your podcast like? Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> flash mob. <laughs> um, Actually, if we could get a flash mob as part of our elevator pitch, that'd be really awesome. That'd be great. So if you want to be in a flash mob. At next year's PodCon. For us, repeatedly, perhaps even within sight of the last person that you were a flash mob for. I mean, let's be honest, almost definitely in sight of the last person <laughs> that you were a flash mob for. Uh, let, let, yeah, us let, let, let us know. Also, if you are good at choreographing flash mobs. Uh-huh. That would be another perk. Yeah. Um, My idea is that the flash mob will just happen around us, uh-huh. and we don't actually have to be part of any of the musical right. aspect of it. We just stand there and let everyone else do our <laughs> pitch for us. <laughs> Confetti's falling to the floor. So what? what is your podcast about? Five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> and it starts over. <laughs> I think that's I think that's it for Crazy Ex Oh, I sorry. We in PodCon we did talk about um I was talking to Amity. Hi Amity. Hi Amity. About I'd really love to see trailers that didn't show any of the movie they were trailers for, mm-hmm. but showed like similar things. Like, do you like this trailer you just saw? Well, you're not going to see any of that in the movie. Similar, but you'll see something something yeah. very much like it. So, use that. But we didn't give away any of the movie. Yeah. That'd be great for me. I would enjoy that. Yeah. Um, that feels like something that the, that the de- um, detention guy would do. That feels like a very, like, the... Um, the director? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of a meta-meta sort of situation. Yeah. I could see that. Um, so that was basically my, my flight out. Yes. My oh, fl- and... Oh, sorry. No, I'm go so ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, I thought I, you were done. I did, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I also watched uh, Inglorious Bastards. That's right. Um... Which is a movie that I've been meaning to see because I like Quentin Tarantino and I like Brad Pitt. Um, and I heard great things about it. And it was excellent. I was talking to my dad about it. And, like, it's super violent. In fact, it reaches one point where I'm like, where, like, the violence comes back around to, like, you're like, okay, this is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's supposed to do. Good. Um, but the best part was, as with all Quentin Tarantino movies, even though they're all very violent, the best part was the dialogue. And, like... The timing of the scenes. Right. And the first scene in the movie was one of the most tense, well-written, well-performed scenes I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, Especially because I didn't know one of the character's motivations until about halfway through the scene. Okay. But he was still conveying that there was a motivation that I didn't know, like... Despite the fact that I didn't know what it was, I was like, but he is really nervous about something. Right. Yeah. What is the basic plot of that movie? Um, it's All right. So I'm going to say something and you're going to immediately get turned off. Okay. So World War II. Okay. Um, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. So there are a couple of plots that sort of come together. Okay. One is there's this guy played by Christoph Waltz who is referred to as a Jew hunter. Basically, okay. he... he Goes to towns that are supposedly all the Jews have been rounded up. And if they're being hidden, he finds them. Okay. Um, and that's Christoph Waltz, who I don't think he's been in. I don't know what else he's been in, but he's great in this. Okay. Um, so another thing is that Brad Pitt plays this guy from Tennessee who has recruited a bunch of American soldiers 
all of whom are Jewish, to be basically guerrilla, behind enemy lines, guerrilla, um, like not mischief maker. Basically what they do is they take no prisoners. They call, um, in one of his monologues, he talks about being related to uh, Apache warriors. Okay. Um, And they call him uh, Aldo the Apache. And basically he says, so do you want to kill, he pronounces it Nazis. Okay. So do you want do you want to kill Nazis? And everyone's like, yeah. He's like, okay. Well, joining this troop, you incur a debt to me, and that debt is one hundred Nazi scalps. Oh, oh. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, and they then shortly thereafter there there are some scalpings shown. Basically, they take no prisoners except for they leave one guy alive, but. Anyone they leave alive, they carve a swastika into his forehead. Okay. Because they're like, one day you're going to want to take off your uniform. Yeah. We want to make sure that you can't. Right. Okay. So that's happening. Meanwhile, there's, well, then there's this other part where there's a a Jewish theater owner who is pretending to not be a Jew, um, who suddenly finds herself with the unique opportunity to have basically all of the Nazi high command in her theater. Okay. With and she also happens to have in her possession a bunch of very flammable flammable film canisters. Oh good. So she starts doing a plan too. Okay. And the movie is basically the con- the the intersection of those of, three okay. plots. It sounds like it's probably very good and probably not for me. If let me put it this way, I don't think that you're you're you personally are going to miss anything by not seeing it. Yeah. But of the World War II movies that exist. It's much more compelling than a lot of the ones that I've yeah. heard of. I think it's closer to your wheelhouse than almost any Nazi, <laughs> any, any Nazi movie, any World War II movie yeah. I've seen yeah. in, in my life. So, yeah. But I would I would very much recommend it. Um, it is super violent, but the violence is... I was trying, trying to explain this to my dad, who I'm not sure was compelled by my argument, but there's a... There's a a mirroring of because you don't you never see like the front lines okay and you never see like the concentration camps okay you see a movie that was made about a nazi war hero okay and then you see these like um executions almost okay so they i think they ramped up the violence to because it was like there's something going on with like movies and reality and like sure but the violence on you know in the war was even worse than this like okay. so there's something going on there but then there's this one part um i really it's a it's a huge huge spoiler and i will tell you afterwards but okay. it is silly it okay. reaches a point where you're like oh my god oh my wait are we still oh oh this is funny so anyways. and it's intentionally funny i'm pretty sure if, if it's not at least in a little intentionally funny then I will be very surprised. Okay. Um, because something starts to look very fake. Okay. Um, but I think it's supposed to be that. Cool. Um, but most, and again, the best scenes are the are the really tense, like suspenseful scenes, not the violent scenes. Right. Right. But the violence offsets. As I mean, this is just what Quentin Tarantino movies are. Yeah. Yeah. The violence offsets the the amazing dialogue. Yeah. Anyways, that I've talked way too long about it appropriately for quentin tarantino um that's what i did on the way out what did you do on the way out i read the entirety of talking as As fast as i can by lauren graham um which is the memoir kind of about how gilmore girls came to well sort of like how she came to be on gilmore girls okay and how gilmore girls came to be revived okay i don't have a ton to say on it it was a i mean i read it on like I started it in the airport, yes, and finished it before the flight was over. Right. Um, Enjoyable, quick. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was really entertaining. It was along the lines of like Bossy Pants. I think I told you yeah. where it's just you know it's fun, quick. You know, has some neat insights yeah. into the person's history, um, but isn't. I mean, it's not like earth-shattering literature right. by any means. Anna Kendrick's. I finished Anna Kendrick's That's, audiobook. I and, need to read Anna Kendrick's. Because um, I like this variety yeah, of thing yeah. when I'm like, I need something that I don't have to think about at all. Right. It's when I tend to reach for comics. Yeah. And which, 
isn't necessarily yeah true because a lot of the time like I, i've read saga recently and right. like there's a lot of thinking happening with that but i almost feel like because of the visuals it doesn't feel like i'm thinking yeah your imagination has to do a little bit less work yeah yeah um so yeah i i tend to reach for stuff like this and i always forget about this type of funny memoir yeah yeah until i have it in my hand yeah and then i'm like oh right i like these Anyways, okay, so you read um, Lauren Graham's book. So I read Lauren Graham's book, and then I watched an episode or two, I can't remember, of Dark. Right. This is where we get to the thing where Allie knows what I'm talking about. Right, and I remember now that I knew what you were talking yes. about as well. So there's this Netflix show. I, I, I mean, I don't think it's a Netflix. Am I, I don't think it's a Netflix show, but it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, called Dark. It is German, dubbed over into English. Not obnoxiously so. Okay. And it's about, it's honestly, it's a very similar kind of premise to It and Stranger Things. Okay. Like this little boy goes missing. Right. And they find a corpse, but it's not the little boy. Mm, Okay. And I can't say more than that without getting into some real spoilery territory. And I do think that you want to watch this. I do. So I'm going to just... Leave it at that. Okay. Um, they find a corpse of another little boy. Okay. Who is not the little boy. Yeah. Um, I messaged Allie on, when I was like halfway through the second episode. And I was like, so this is what's happening, right? And she's like, well, I don't want to spoil anything for you. I was like, no, no. Please spoil me because I'm pretty sure I'm smarter than all the characters on this show. And I need validation of it. Right. Because <laughs> um, I figured out a thing that still hasn't been completely affirmed as of where i am in the show right now well but... there's one central motif that was why ali recommended it to us oh yeah there's also time travel elements oh, okay, okay. Yeah. so th- that's okay in yeah. addition to okay yeah yeah it's gotcha. it's got a bunch of like weird i'm still not entirely sure where they're going with all of it okay and she actually told me that she needs to go back and rewatch it having watched it once mm. to see if she can figure out some things that didn't completely make sense or that she is just now starting to make the connections like after the fact well i mean that's like that's kind of a good quality of a show is that i mean i guess like i'm completely unbothered by the fact that it's in german or that it's dubbed over yeah because the it's not i mean you and i talked about how like the way words are formed in german is close enough to the way they're formed in english that it's not a really obvious mouths moving differently right I did on the plane have to turn on subtitles. Yes. Just or close captions or whatever, just because of like airplane background yes. noise. But yeah, I need to get back into it. Yeah. Because I ran out of episodes that on you my had, iPad yeah. that I yeah that I had downloaded, and then I didn't re-download any right. for the flight back. Right. Um. I I wanted to say real quick on the topic of other languages. Um, Inglorious Bastards uh, has English, French. German and actual Italian in it. Okay. Um, so I had closed captions on as well. Yeah. Um, but they also had subtitles and stuff. Um, there was some really cool stuff they did with uh, when like a French character was with two German characters and they were speaking in German. Okay. Like it would be like speaking in German and yeah. not subtitle it, which like I guess sort of is sort of a duh thing, but I was like, I really appreciated the like. That they're showing you that this French character does not know what these people are saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that too. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, a dubbing, I'm not, I, I don't have a lot of experience with dubbing. So I wonder how that'll be. Yeah, I don't either. I think, I would not be surprised if Dark ends up being something that we talk about again in more depth on the okay. show. Okay. After you have watched it and I probably will want to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's. it was one of the things that I downloaded Along with all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, didn't. Yeah. It has a very Stephen Kingian vibe. Yeah. And then on the way back. Yes. That here let's. Well, so I watched while you were sleeping for like the umpteen bajillionth time. Right. And it was every bit as delightful as it always is. <laughs> I love Bill Pullman. Did you watch it? Did you watch which came first? The question about while you were sleeping that we asked people that we asked Elizabeth or. Your oh. desire to watch it like this past weekend. On the train to PodCon, I was on Twitter and I think Craig, I think it was Craig from Overdue. I don't right. think it was Andrew. Craig was like live tweeting his first ever watching of While You Were Sleeping. Right. And it made me really want to watch it. 
So it was before I watched it, but after Craig watching it, rekindled my desire to watch it. I pretty much constantly have a desire to watch that movie. Okay, cool. I have movies like that. I love that movie. Yeah. Like, honestly, that movie might be my pitch perfect. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was... Yeah. 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 Never not in the mood to watch it. Yeah. That one, that thing you do, Mm -hmm. Newsies, Mm -hmm. Anchorman. Okay. Are like my, I will watch them anytime, anyplace. But, so, after While You Were Sleeping... On the first half, so we had a layover in Detroit. Yes. So we had a very long, not very long, but we had like a multi-hour flight and then a layover and then like an hour-long flight from Detroit to back to D.C. Right. And on the long stretch of the flight, you had watched a show that during our layover you told me about. Yes. And then I watched the first two episodes of it. I think so. Um. On the last stretch of the flight. Those were the, and I'd only watched the first two episodes, too, because that yes. was all I got. Yeah. And the and, show is American Vandal. Yes. So now, where did you... You just heard about it from me. Well, so I had heard of it. I think I saw a trailer, trailer for yes. it on... Probably on Netflix. I think I saw a trailer for it on Facebook. Maybe it was on Facebook. It was, uh, it was maybe the most compelling trailer I think I've maybe ever seen. So I went into this. This is for those of you who don't know exactly what we're talking about. I'm sure that you have at least kind of vaguely heard of it. It's the one about the kid who is expelled from school for spray painting a bunch of dicks on teachers' cars in the faculty parking lot. Right. And it is, I thought, because I'm not smart... I thought it was an actual documentary about an actual kid who actually got expelled for spray painting actual dicks. It took me a bit to realize that it's it wasn't. a mockument, not even a mockumentary. It is. It a is docu- under the mockumentary uh, genre. One of the genres is mockumentary in Netflix. But. Yeah, but it's not. It's not really making fun of documentaries as much as it's. So I thought that it, I think the reason I thought it was. A legit documentary is yeah. because it's the the way it's called American Vandal. Yeah, I was thinking it was along the same lines as like um, American Crime Story. Sure, okay, like the People versus OJ Simpson, uh-huh. that kind of thing. So I was thinking that it was an actual, like actually, a, even if it was actors, right? I thought that it was about something that had actually happened. That's not the case. It's I'm pretty sure entirely fictional. It's it's certainly, I think it is entirely fictional, um, because did you notice? Did you ever watch the credits? Mm, no, the, I saw the credits like that would play during the opening right intro thing, but the credits at the beginning. One of the first things that you see is um, produced by Mister Baxter. Okay. The entire credits are the credits for I the did notice that for that, the documentary, like yeah, created directed by Peter, by Peter Maldonado, yeah. yeah. Um, which is really fun. Yes. So. <laughs> so I started watching it after you had told me it's not like real. Right. And I'm glad you told me that because otherwise it would have taken me an embarrassing number <laughs> of episodes and probably a Google search. Right. To confirm that this is in fact a fictional story. Right. But I think that speaks to how well it was done. It's and how well it was acted. It's one of the most like I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I think I've made that very clear. Yeah. I feel weirder about talking about this show with the reverence that I have for this show uh-huh. than almost anything else. Maybe maybe pitch perfect. Okay. Like I feel I'm like, okay, but the concept is this, but it's really, really good. Yeah. So there are like several layers to it. One of the layers is that it's it's a student made documentary, right? Made by like two sophomores in this high school, uh huh. But it has the production values of like like they're really really nice. It's like a professional <laughs> quality, yeah. yeah. Um, so there, there's that's one layer is that it's like really really well shot. Well, and that's why part of why I thought it was legit. Right. Because when you see the trailers, it looks like it's really well produced. And I don't know if that's a commentary on like it being sort of like no kid could make it. I'm not sure if it's no kid could make it look like this. Isn't that funny? Or right. technology has made it so that they could 
Yeah. It almost feels as though, like, it wasn't a documentary about them making a documentary, but it almost feels like it kind of was. Like, the yeah. story of them making the documentary was... Becomes part of the... Like, is almost more of the plot than... That's true. Dylan, did Dylan draw the dicks or not? It's... it's Also, you just get real desensitized to the word dicks. I was just thinking that. When you said... I was like, she's going to say the word dicks right now, and I don't care, because... Yeah. You hear like, the word all, dicks a lot. Yeah, like, on the rare occasion that they refer to it as... A penis. It's it almost sounds... like titillating because right. you're like, "Ooh, yeah. I haven't called it that one before." Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, it is. I think one of the things that is it is is an exploration of how these investigatory, like these, like you know, let's take a closer look, serial and like all these things. Yeah, yeah. How they affect the people that they are about. Yes. But you don't get that until towards the end. I would say not even until the last episode. Yeah. Maybe the second to last. Like, so... When they start talking, like, the the Gabby and Brandon and Sam triangle right. is when it really first starts happening. Well, there's, there's that. that's, like, the second to last episode. And then there's, like, the popularity of it causing them to get shut down for a sec. Yeah. Um... God, this show is so good, you guys. It really was. And it's short. It's like 30-minute episodes. I think the longest episode was the last one, and it was 45 minutes. Right. It was, And it's eight episodes long. But it's such a rich world. And, it's and like, d- the guy who played Dylan... Was so good. Like, he is what Finn from Glee should have... Was going for. Yeah. And, you know... Not to speak ill of the dead. Like, you know, right. let, let's move past the fact that that actor passed away. But he was, and he kind of looks like him. But if, like, he looks like he is the guy that Finn was based on. Yes. And I don't know that that's necessarily even commentary on Corey Monteith's portrayal of Finn as yeah. much as the writers moved Finn, like, they started Finn out like that. Yeah. And then by, like, episode three, they were like, oh, no, he's going to be a heartthrob now. Right, exactly. But, like... Dylan was unlikable. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. And then I really liked him. Yeah. <laughs> I started to feel really bad for him. Yeah. The, everyone, I would say everyone in the show is sympathetic. Yeah. Alex Trimboli. <laughs> I was about to say except for Alex Trimboli. I think that there are... I mean, Alex Tromboli is sympathetic in that we all have a little bit of Alex Tromboli in us. Right. 100%. <laughs> I, like, I I wanted to feel bad for him. Yeah. But Alex Tromboli is that kid who gets picked on and you want to feel bad for him. But yeah. he kind of, like, opens himself up and owns it. Like he, yeah, he, he owns it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he like he has accepted that that is who he is. Yeah, and, and that is his lot in school, and, and so he's, he's just gonna it. own yeah. it and yeah. lean into exactly. it. Exactly. So you like you feel bad for him, but at the same time you're like, dude, you're you're making it worse, and um, you know you're mate, like you know that you're inviting it in now. Yeah, and so it's happening more. Yeah. Um. So from this point on, spoilers. Yeah. Um. If you are a if you are a James. Stop here and go watch the show and then come back. Yeah. If you are an Aaron, strap in. Just get comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) What I really liked is that he wasn't lying. He was just wrong. Yeah. I really liked that he wasn't trying to bring Dylan down. Same. And and I really thought he was for most of the show. Yeah. Because he seemed like that kind of guy. Yeah. I thought it was going to be an extension of the color war that... Because the dicks were spray painted in red, which was his oh. team, I thought he was going to be trying to rekindle some of that camp love that he got from oh. camp by doing this thing, and it got out of hand. Okay. Um, I can see that. Because like, that's was... absolutely the kind of thing that that kid would do. Yeah. But no. Yeah. So, but the, I mean, this sh- you guys, I'm. it's like, so it has it has a serial vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, that I know mostly from 
I, I never, I haven't listened to Serial yet. I feel like probably I will eventually listen to Serial. You probably will. Season it, it one. Was, it was very Serial-esque. Yeah. But, like, then they would be these awkward sophomore high schoolers. Yeah. And they were would, so cute. I loved them. They were really cute. Peter like, and Sam. Sam and Gabby. Yeah. I ship it so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I will say he did have kind of a ducky thing going on by the end. Well, yeah. And, like, they resolved it. He 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 was so in the wrong for a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Um, they resolved it a little bit. She forgave him. And he, I think he grew. Yeah. So I think it's okay. Yeah. He, I just, they were really adorable. They were really adorable. I really liked, the thing is I liked both of those characters independently, mm-hmm. and I really hated Brandon. Sure. I mean, well, I- That I guy re- was really good at making, like, he did an excellent performance of being that unlikable guy. Yeah. 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 And so I wanted, like, I mean, he was clearly a- bad boyfriend for Gabby. Yeah. And so I'm like, but, and Sam is there and he's nice and he's adorable and he clearly cares a lot about her enough to really hurt her feelings. Right. Yeah. And know how to do that. And know how to do that. Yeah. I didn't like him in that moment, but in general, I liked him. Yeah. And Peter, you know, it's funny. They found a way to make what they were going for with Dawson actually feel realistic. Yeah. You actually felt like this kid whiles away his time doing film stuff. Yeah. And, like, he has no life because he's always behind the camera and stuff. Yeah. Which is what they said about Dawson, and yet so much plot yeah. about Dawson <laughs> not filming stuff. <laughs> um, but they, they really got that. They really nailed that yeah. character um, of Peter. And I really liked how Dylan brought him out of his shell a little bit. Mm-hmm. When Peter got suspended yeah. and went over to Dylan's house and they were like, burritos and blunts. Yeah. I was like, this is really adorable. And I was so like, glad. They were all so excited for him <laughs> that he got suspended for the first time and they wanted to bring him into the fold and celebrate. Yeah. Um, I was really happy that he commented on the burrito because I was like, but how's the burrito? Dude? Yeah. I was like, that burrito looks really good. Yeah. Um, the Wayback Boys were super, like, I, I was like. Oh, these guys are great. We I mean, are, oh my gosh, we're we are totally just gushing. I am so sorry, audience, that I just forgot was <laughs> was there. Um, yeah, the, sorry, the, but they were great. Yeah, the, the Wayback Boys are Dylan and his friends who have a YouTube channel where they do stupid pranks. Think Jackass, but without yeah, the, like they dress without up the as, intelligence. Yeah, like they dress up as nuns and hump trees, and it's called nun humping. Bread face. Oh, yeah. At one point, Dylan just opens a loaf of bread and slams his face into it repeatedly, and it's called bread face. They're, they're just... <laughs> that one actually is entertaining to me because of how dumb it is. And he's just like, he's like, bread face. Whap, 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 whap. And he just looks at the camera like, done. Yeah. Did it. <laughs> yeah. So um, something that I really liked about this show was how it wasn't about a murder. Mm-hmm. Yes. It Sorry, was... had a mouthful of water there, but felt like I needed to comment. <laughs> it was compelling, and they they looked at you know forensic evidence and and you know evidence based. It was evidence based investigation without it being a crime of any importance. Exactly. And like they looked yeah. at, they had their nine suspects. Everybody who worked on the morning, the high school's morning show was a suspect. Because. Including the two of them. Right. And they looked at everybody, including the two of them. That was sort of. That was so (laughs) funny. He just really likes cock. (laughs) Yeah. Peter goes and does like this whole expose on how it actually could have been Sam and what Sam's motives could be. And Sam's motive is that he's trying to impress Gabby because he's been in love with her for years. Right. And Sam doesn't take the assignment seriously and he just does a whole video about how Peter likes cocks. (laughs) And so he drew a bunch of cocks on the teacher's cars so that he could do a documentary about cocks. (laughs) Which, honestly... is not a... (laughs) It's... I mean, considering that there's absolutely no evidence to support it being Peter. Right. 
it was about the best he was going to do. <laughs> right. And I th- he did better than I would have been able to. <laughs> right. But I really liked how, like, so I was explaining this to my to my dad. <laughs> I was explaining this show to my dad. And I, at that point, I think I'd still only watch the first two episodes. Yeah. And I know that's true because actually I watched three through six on Sunday. So, yeah, I absolutely was, was um, watching, talking about the first two episodes. The first bit of evidence is that Dylan doesn't draw dicks that way. Yeah. And I was like, this is so stupid, but so interesting. Like, that they were using it as evidence that that he had done this was that he would constantly draw dicks on the whiteboard in Spanish class. Uh Uh-huh. And the counter argument to that is he always would draw ball hair on the and testicles. also the tip looked di- completely right. different, right? Which I was Which, like, I don't think they dug into that quite enough. They kept harping on the ball hairs. They should have been harping on the fact that he that the tip was completely different. Right. And this is the point where like you just get so des- desensitized to it that yeah. I'm just going to talk about this, and it's like not even a thing. It's not even a thing. And like, but like the ones on the cars, the tip was like heart shaped. Yeah, and. If there's a thing that you draw so regularly that you have a specific way that you always draw it, to make yourself draw it differently is going to take so much extra time yeah. and effort yeah. that he wasn't going to have. Right. And they, they only briefly, they're like, oh, yeah, also the tip looks different. But the ball hairs. Right. I mean, I think it was, it was one or the other. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a short it's shorthand. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely agree. Yeah. It, it was. And like, yeah. Yeah, it feels, it feels so dumb to talk about, but when you're watching it, you're like, "Well, yeah, I mean, like, clearly they're different. They're, they're clearly drawn by different people." Yeah, and then the first episode ends. So Alex Tremboli is the class. No, he's, no, he's like a senior who is kind valedictorian? of valedictorian. He's something. Was he even valedictorian? I feel like he was just kind of a dork, but he, he was had, like that he, dork that everybody knows. He was not the class president treasurer maybe he was he had some sort of office like or honor society president maybe maybe he was something where you're like yeah, of Christo course was he class is. president right. but you're yeah. like of course he's that right um and so he had all this cred and like quote he, unquote right and so he was like i saw i saw dylan here and like i definitely whatever yeah he and, was the only witness for the school's case against Dylan because he said that he saw Dylan do- drawing the dicks. But he his his testimony was so unimpeachable because he was this stand-up citizen, great student, right. whatever. So the first episode ends basically with the revelation that he also claimed that he got a hand job from this from like the hottest, the hottest girl, girl in, school. in school. And that feels like a bombshell when you're watching the show. Yeah. You feel like well, I mean Gosh, what's it? What else is he lying about? Whatever, blah, blah blah. And it compels you so much. Yeah. That you're, and then you try and tell someone about it, and you're like, but, but it's, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the whole show is like that. It doesn't really stop, even as the twists and turns happen. The last episode is an interesting. I want to use a word here, and I want to. I want you to tell me if I'm not using it right. Denouement. I think so. Like it's sort of like an, almost an epilogue. Yeah, but honestly, the the way that episode ended, yeah, was very unsatisfying to me. Agreed, and it's supposed to be. Yeah, but it's unsatis like it's supposed to be unsatisfying. But the fact that you know it's supposed to be just makes it let like even more unsatisfying. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's the opposite. So I've t- have I talked to you about Clockwork Orange before? Mm-hmm. Um, how the book is different from the movie. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of what happened in the book. Okay. In in and in, in a bad way, like in not in a bad like it's effective. Yeah, what they do with it is super effective and like actually kind of didactic. Like I felt like, okay, yeah, you're right. This does you know doing this to people does affect their lives mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Um, telling people that they're screw ups all their life often will result in a screw up. Yeah. Um, Clockwork Orange is, of course, the idea that you can't force someone to be good. Right. They have to come to it on their own. And so this is more like a good person or a decent, a fine person. (laughs) A person who's not the worst. 
can eventually be led to the be the worst right. with the right environmental factors. Yeah. Which was interesting because the entire first seven episodes were about who drew the dicks. Right. And then the last episode ends up being like this think piece. About like, yeah. About how exposing people like this, like Peter did, can just really ruin them. Right. Or make them feel ruined even if, like, you know, Sarah pulling him aside and saying, you know, you told everybody about my hookup list my dad saw that yeah like in the grand scheme of things it's not that big a deal everybody pretty much knew it anyway except for her dad right but you and then the audience feels complicit because as i was saying before i was like well yeah did did she really give him a handjob we need to find this out and to that end they also put pat micklewhite Uh on her hookup list and they were like yeah she's admitted that she hooked up with this dude right so if she hooked up with this dude, she could have hooked up with Alex Trimboli. Maybe Trimboli's not lying. Right. It's and, and instead of them just being like, you know, Alex Trimboli says he got a handjob from Sarah Pearson, but there's no way. I mean, they kept saying, you know, look at him. There's no, there's no way Sarah Pearson would have hooked up with him. But then it comes out that she did hook up with this other guy who's right. every bit as dorky. Right. So maybe he's not lying. Like, he was totally lying. He was absolutely. He was lying. absolutely lying. Um. Right. It is, it's so much about what is it worth to prove someone's innocence? Yeah. What, what, who, who will you throw under the bus to find out about someone else's innocence? Yeah. Like they called that, um, the daughter of Mr. Jansen. Jansen. Day and night. And they recruited, well, they didn't, they didn't mean to, but like they were like everyone get this voicemail yeah you know ruining this person's lives yeah. for for a couple weeks did they call her day and night or did they just call her repeatedly and everybody else jumped in calling her all hours of the night i because think it's the, the second one yeah okay because i think peter and sam were they, they were respectful kids yes they were good kids i don't think that they would have you know called after 9 p.m right yeah However, yeah. they also they, they put, also have no problem with calling it exactly three p.m. every single day, right, exactly. Until they get the response that they want. When she opened the door, and I was like, "She's like, you mean this tape?" I was like, "Oh, good. This will be." Wait. Oh no, she's gonna <laughs> no, no. I know. Same. Um, I thought that she was gonna be like, "Fine, take the tape and leave us alone." Yeah. And then she didn't. And it was like a it was like a gut punch. Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, I'm so invested in this. Why do I care so much about this fictitious tape?" Right. It. It's, but I did. It's such a weirdly like. So what does it amount to? Four hours, maybe four hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah. But in that, you're drawn into this world. You're drawn into all this evidence and information. They look at the same. I thought Ming mm-hmm. was going to have done it. Because he actually did get nine or ten beers deep that night. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> Poor Ming. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought he was going to have done it. I thought, like, all this stuff. And, like, there's stuff happening. Like, uh, Kraz storming off when the Teacher of the Year Award. Oh, my I, God. Kraz. Yeah. We should we should dig into Kraz here in a minute. So, okay. So, what? but I guess what I'm saying is, like, there is... It is such a deep, rich Yeah, world. there's a bunch of stuff going on in the background that if you pay attention, you notice. And sometimes they talk about it. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. Yeah. And it might be like you, you see a tape in episode one, and then you see that same tape in episode four, but it's focused in on something else that you didn't see before, or maybe you did. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a very, very cool concept. Yeah. So, Kraz. Oh, my God. This teacher. He was the history teacher. He's young. He's cute. He's hip. He first shows up on screen and I was like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. And then he opened his mouth. Yeah. He's. He's that teacher who wants to be your friend. Yeah. And will completely throw any any kind of like teacherly approach to the universe out the window if it will make you think he's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. It was an interesting... I'm surprised it took so long for him to get fired. Right. 
Like the <laughs> when he very said that first about time, Sarah, you, yeah, the like, very first time you talk to, you see him talking to them. He's like, I mean, am I? I don't want to say that one of my students is unbelievably hot, but I mean, look at her. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. And then it got worse. Yeah. Like everything he said, just he was like talking shit about the other teachers. Yeah, he's like, and it didn't occur to me until it happened that other people would see it. Oh no, as soon as he said that I was like, "Oh my god, does he not realize?" Yeah. That all my office training went out the window apparently. All my the office training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, cuz he's he's just talking to the I mean, he shouldn't have been talking to Peter and Sam so confidentially confidentially, not even confidentially, like the opposite of that. He should candidly. Yeah. So candidly anyway. But given that they had a camera on him and they were like, hey, we're making this documentary about how Dylan might be innocent. Yeah. Why did he open his mouth? Yeah. Because wa- that was his. Yeah. Because it made him mouth. cool to some sophomores. Yeah. Yep. Who had no life outside of their cameras. Right. Exactly. Kras was a very sad character. Again, excellently played. Yeah. Like. Oh, Yeah. Because he, he, I feel like if I ran into that actor it. on the street, I'd be like, I don't like you <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, for real. But he's probably the nicest man in the world. He's probably super great. It's an interesting thing to compare the gym teacher, the uh, Spanish teacher, Kraz, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the physics teacher. Yeah. In terms of like how they treated the students, how they were viewed by the students. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting to see the tropes pitted against each other. Yes. Um, and then you had the the principal, I was gonna, the yeah, vice principal. I was going to say, then you had the vice principal who was basically the the dean from the breakfast club. He didn't say that you'd get the bull by the horns, but he may as well have. Yeah. I I really liked, I mean, like, it really touched something of my, like, authority issues. Like, that he was so, like... You guys, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, it's clerical. I'm not going to do what you guys are asking yeah. me to do. And then they, like, basically go public with it. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, sure, anything you need. Have these boxes of files. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I liked, there was an element of it that really spoke to my, like, school authority stuff. What do you think junior and senior year are going to be like for Sam and Peter? I mean. I mean, they're kind of celebrities. But Not high school is way. so fickle yeah. that everybody will remember this thing. The ones who were negatively affected by it are graduating. Oh, that's true. Because they were all seniors. So everybody will remember that Sam and Peter made this really awesome documentary that went viral. Do you think that will boost them at all? Do you think it will have the administration on edge? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like the ideal. So the uh, first seven episodes answer for that is this documentary will have chastened the school administration into if you don't, don't do what you're supposed to, the, you know, the journalists will find out right and then the documentary will will get the truth out yeah the eighth episode answer is probably nothing will happen and certainly nothing good right <laughs> like i think it'll be in, like it'll be interesting to, to 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 see them you know in their senior year and then even like graduating from college and if this is even a blip on like Things in high school were so epic. Everything in high school was so important and epic and whatever that even something about, like, you know, your documentary went viral your sophomore year. What does that mean for your sophomore year of college? Right. Almost nothing. Yeah. Well, and even just, but, like, I guess I'm wondering more, like, I mean, socially, what happens to them. So they weren't invited to Nana's party. Right. I guarantee you the next year they would be invited to the parties. Would they? Or would they be distrusted? They would, well, they would, either, they would either be invited or they'd be ostracized. Because, and because don't speak around them. Because Right. But if they're not actively filming anything and because everyone who was negatively impacted graduated. Right. 
everybody is more like it's more likely that everybody's going to be like, oh yeah, those guys who did that video. Yeah, it's interesting because it could it could also take a, like a Veronica Mars turn, where people come to them to defend Expose, them. Expose, yeah. yeah. I wonder because so the only ones who were really negatively impacted by the video. I mean, Gabby was a little embarrassed and hurt. Right. But she forgave them. Kraz got fired. Yeah, but Kraz won't Kraz won't be there. Right. Next year. I, I mean, like I'm I guess I'm talking like student oh, okay. body, okay, like okay. that would affect Peter and Sam's popularity. Um Dylan will be gone. Mackenzie will be gone. Mackenzie will be gone. Sarah will be gone. Right. Alex will be gone. And really they didn't do anything to expose him in a negative light except prove that he didn't get yeah, a hand job point from a, Sarah. Point a camera at him. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. So we should we should wrap up. We should wrap up. Um, I really enjoyed this. I um, did too. I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Um, it's it's very good. And like it's dry it's really funny, mm-hmm. but it's dry. Yeah. Like you have to, it's even, I would say even way more dry than even the driest of the office. Well, like they take themselves so seriously. Yeah. Which is part of why it's so funny. Yeah. I mean, like for Peter, this is almost like his like college essay. Yeah. I mean, like this is what he does. This is, he's gonna, he's gonna be a real journalist and expose the truth. Yeah. And he does a really good job of both Peter and the actor who played Peter do a really good job of presenting it as this this is this is the thing and not being hokey about it yeah until after the episode's over and then you're like wow they really took themselves super seriously there yeah exactly like when when they you know we had it's, to spend all day looking for the splatter of the first you know this first yeah. like I was like boy that Sure is a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the secondary and tertiary characters who are overtly funny, like Kraz. Right. And like, I thought it was an interesting aspect of Dylan's character that he, it wasn't that he thought that the drawing the dicks was in poor taste. He was like, I thought, I mean, I thought it was funny. I just didn't do it. And yeah. I shouldn't be punished for it. Right. Like, he appreciated the Yeah. Prank. Oh, yeah. He's like... <laughs> If I did it, I'd own up to it. Yeah. Because it was good. Yeah. That but was a good Dylan. That was a great Dylan. Thank you. That cadence was exactly right. Thank you. Yeah, good job. So yeah, anyways, uh you should check it out. It's one of the it's one of these things that like I'm I'm really happy I watched it and it's sort of a random acquisition. Like Yeah, I'm glad you put it back on my radar because yeah. I had seen the trailer and thought, Oh, I want to watch that and then forgot about it until you mentioned it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah well, it was yeah. good. You're welcome. Thank you. You did that in the wrong order. You said thank you. Did I? I? Well, I think I said I'm glad you put it back on oh, my radar. And then I said you're welcome because mm-hmm. that's basically a thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so if you want to find us on social media, we have some. <laughs> we have some. If, if after all of this, <laughs> you still want to interact with us at all. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Yes. The podcast is at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Today it stands for Free Dylan. Yes, it does. I We are individually <laughs> at, uh, I'm at Unabashed James. I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. We have a Facebook group called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. Yes, we do. Um, which is a great place to go to talk about the show, to talk about things somewhat related to the show, or even not at all related to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because the show is, of course, about what we're into. So anything you're into, come talk about on the Facebook group. Yep. You could email us at unabashedlyobsessed at gmail.com. If anybody has lis- has watched American Vandal, I would love if you would engage with us in some social media or email form. Yeah. So that we can continue to gush about how much we enjoyed this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash unabashedlyobsessed. You could go check out what our awesome tiers are. I think that's it for social media. We are on iTunes, Google oh. Play, Stitcher. Rate, um, review, subscribe. Yeah. Smash leave that a, like button. Leave a, yeah. You could, <laughs> if there's a like button near you. Just smash it. Just smash it. But we would love some reviews. We would. It's been a while since we've had one. Yeah. And we should have some new listeners 
Thanks to PodCon. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been really... Someone was saying like, okay, well, I'm going to binge your show now. And I was like... Yes. Ugh. Yes. The idea of someone Drink binging... Drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if they listen to us for an hour and they like it, we're in. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm really... Like Mark is telling me about like he's he's like a month behind or whatever. And he's like... I'm listening to this. He's like, I just listened to the episode you did about your great albums appearance. And like, I'm like, uh-huh. What'd you think? Tell me specifics. <laughs> so we, what we're saying is... Hashtag we like narcissism. Attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now that, now that we've talked about us, thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song, Did You Guys Know There Was a Ladder Down Here? You can find him and his band, A Silent Few, on YouTube. Yes. And thank you also to Emily Cardamus, uh, who did our logo art, uh, which we really, really love. And I look at it sometimes and I'm just like, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily uh, recently put out an amazing cartoon on Steamed Veggies, her, her webcomic. Yes, it was so good. About falling into a world through a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about Welcome to to the hello from the hello magic from tavern. the magic tavern um which by the way ashkan and benji uh went to a live show of oh recently. really they're like fans of that show but yeah um the comic was really good it was it's a recent comic so if you're listening yeah. to this when the day comes out um in the vein of firewood yeah and which you guys have heard us talk about before yeah and she's putting out a much larger comic i think this week a larger encompassing, I think, a bigger project that she's been yeah. working on, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. You can follow her at Corrupted Gem for all of these updates and join us in our just uh, disbelief that we have that yeah. as our logo art. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I think that's I think that's it. Yes, I think so too. This has been a long episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. It has been, but a good one. Yeah. Um, They're indeed. all good. They're all Indeed. good. Oh, did we just... I said your line, you said mine. What is this world? <laughs> oh, dogs marrying cats. I mean, Doozer is acting quite a bit like a cat right now. He really is. He's doozing. Oh. He's so doozy. I love my dogs. Your dogs are very cute. You don't sound convinced. Take that one again. I was <laughs> nervous for the first time in a long time when Doozer was barking at me when I came in today. Yeah, sometimes... Just because I was like, you remember me, right, bud? Right? Like, because I met him and then we went to PodCon and I haven't yeah. seen him in a bit. So, like, yeah. I was like, I'm not an intruder. Yeah. I think, <laughs> it'll, take, I think it'll take a couple more weeks before he kind of... Yeah. He seems to be a little bit of a slow burn. He doesn't like hats. Interesting. Yeah. When we were at Kevin's office party, Mike came over to let them out and was wearing a baseball cap. Huh. And he did not like... I think partly strange person in the house. Sure. He had, He's met Mike. But it was like person in the house and mom and dad aren't here and also wearing a hat. Right. Um, but then Mike was over the other night and Doozer was like, oh, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? You know, I saw a guy that looked like you, but he was wearing a hat. That motherfucker. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> of unabashedly obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, that I wasn't. I didn't uh, finish anything. I didn't. Start no, anything. you didn't. You just. <laughs> Started in the middle of a sentence. Um, it sounded like I did, though. Sure did. Um, so this is... I, I've had a really good time No, I have, this. too. Um, I worry a little bit that we were sort of like... And then this happened, and we gave no context. But, like, I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. And I hope you'll <laughs> join us uh, next week uh, when we're doing our last episode of the year. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking about our year in books next week and uh, wrapping up the year. It's yep. been another year. It's crazy. It sure has. So yeah. um, I'm James. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies.